We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. KC Laboratory. Sponsored by Emprise Bank. It's the KC Laboratory presented by our friends at Emprise Bank. Honestly, when's the last time that you stepped foot in a bank? I'm telling you, it is more important who you're working with than where they're at. And Emprise will follow you to Vegas. It'll follow you to France. It'll follow you everywhere you need to go. Emprise Bank, our partner in Possible. They've been great. It's been so great to, to, to be uh, in partnership with them. And uh, they've absolutely been our partner in Possible. And they're good here in Vegas, too. And so are my dear pals. First, find them on Twitter at Maddie underscore KCSN. Did he change it today? Did I don't know if sure? he changed it. No, I'm going to change it after this. Okay, good. Gosh. Uh, so I had a question about, does it work on the moon when Craig takes us there? Yeah, I don't know. It's going to be, be interesting to see uh, if, if that actually does work. So. What, Craig, well, you, Craig will probably know better than anybody. Yeah, Craig. Will, Craig, will Emprise work Emprise works moon? everywhere. I don't know what... Emprise is uh, incredible. It works anywhere. Yes, it works on the moon without any registers, any sort of <laughs> facilities to be able to I don't access. know if we're... Uh, we, we can't be beholden to that. Uh, so Emprise oh, uh, can't uh, be I'll beholden to that either. Somebody so. test me on that theory and get back. <laughs> okay, so... Um, look, you know, the, the, we've got a lot to talk about. We want to talk a little bit about the draft here in a little bit. Um, because a little bit. It, yeah, well, we a get, little we, bit about we, the draft. Well, a lot bit about the draft. I met Maddie, you know, Maddie, you know where Maddie's head is at all the time. But like you know, on Tuesday, Brett Veach had a press conference. He kind of covered a lot of different things. There's some stuff that is worth us discussing a little bit here mm-hmm. uh, because we all geek out about the roster building stuff. And it is all about roster building when Brett Veach talks. And there were some interesting nuggets that kind of came out of it. And I think we start with Orlando Brown. It seems like Orlando Brown, the left tackle, is the number one priority uh, for this football team, Maddie. Start with the biggest nugget, and that's it. Orlando Brown, the biggest man, the biggest nugget. <laughs> and this is I mean, I, this is going to be a theme throughout a lot of this. The Chiefs' priorities are very much in a specific part of the field. It's the trenches. They're talking about Orlando Brown. I mean, that Rhett Beach made it very clear. That's priority number one. Yeah. It's going to be getting that left tackle. He used all sorts of different descriptors that essentially just said how tough Orlando Brown was, how physically was, how good it was for Patrick Mahomes. And then he used examples from the season of like why Orlando Brown was also that. So it's just, it's very clear. I would be absolutely shocked if Orlando Brown is not a chief next year. They're going to franchise tag him at the absolute worst, but I think they are going to actually pay, pay him. It seems like we're trending towards that. It's trending towards him getting a lot of money. And the way stuff was worded, I don't even know if there's going to be that much negotiation involved. 
No. A 99.999% chance that he is a chief next year, and I'd say it's an above 90% chance that he's getting a long-term contract. Spoke very highly of him getting the opportunity at left tackle, protecting Patrick Mahomes' blind side. We saw him grow throughout the season. Got better throughout the, got, throughout got, the course of the year. Got significantly better throughout the season. Obviously, with the way that that run game was working, he was a massive part of that as well. So it just makes sense. They, they traded some assets last year. There were some questions maybe early on when he was adjusting to Mahomes and adjusting the way the Chiefs want him to block how he was going to translate in Kansas City. I think those are all gone. I think you feel comfortable paying him a sizable contract knowing that you've got a young left tackle and somebody that you can build around for the future. If people don't realize, he was a very young prospect coming out. Very he, was a, he was a very young 21 years old when he was coming out of the draft. Um, and, and I wouldn't be stunned if there's a lot of progress been done on yeah. that contract already. You know, the confidence level that he, uh, Brett Veach, kind of spoke with kind of makes you feel like, okay, yeah, there's, there's, probably some, there's probably some confidence that that deal is going to get done. So um, I, I think it's great. The, the good news for the Chiefs is you're going to have the offensive line secure, uh, left tackle, left guard, center, right guard for at least the next four years. Or three years, sorry. But, uh, I mean, that's huge. The, con the continuity is going to be good and big. And, and you can afford to, to pay a left tackle that kind of money when you have hit on the Creed Humphrey and, and you've hit on a Trey Smith. And, like, that's a big factor in their ability to – to to have a guy like that in the mix, so um, that's that's a, it's a big it's 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 big if they can keep the big guy. It, it's as big as Orlando Brown. Yeah, and uh, one of the other big things, you know, if if you've been following the last you know few days on Twitter, uh, it seems like the priority uh, for the Chiefs is Orlando Brown, and maybe not necessarily Tyron Matthew. Uh, Brett Veach kind of alluded to that a little bit. Uh, I the the optimism did not appear to be there when Tyron Matthew responded to BJ's tweet. Uh, it doesn't seem like there was a ton of optimism and hope that he would be back. Brett Veach kind of alluded to, like, there is a desire to bring him back mm -hmm. and, you know, how, how you, know, uh, you know, Ty wears his emotions on his sleeve, some of the comments that Brett Veach made. Um, I'm fascinated to see. It doesn't seem like the door is completely shut. Uh, and, I, you know, we'll, we'll find out. I think that's something that's going to be really interesting to kind of navigate for the next few months. When you start reading the tea leaves, whether it's Brett Veach's press conference or other interactions that are happening across Twitter with different stuff, it, it does seem significantly less likely that Tyron Matthew is going to be back than Orlando Brown. Not that, not at all, just like there's very clearly a tiered list for what the Chiefs are trying to do and then also what they're expecting. And it's very clearly Orlando Brown was like number one signing back. Tyron Matthew seems to be a lot more in this wishy-washy 50-50 state for the team. And then you start comparing and contrasting that with some of the way, you know, some of the things that he said on Twitter, how that press conference went, the emotional press conference and stuff like that. It just seems a lot less likely that at this moment you would be willing to say he's going to be a chief next year, which is disappointing as, you know, a group that loves Tyron Matthew thought he brought a lot to this team. He helped them win a Super Bowl. He was one of the most important cogs. Change agent is the word we've we've yeah. thrown around. He's yeah. a cha he's a change agent for the, you know, the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl in 2019. And it meant, you know, just about everything for them and you know to have to move on. I get it. It's just like if they do move on, you you're starting to get that it's early in the process to start like them to leak out, not leak, but like push some of this stuff out there. It's early on. You're starting to slow peel that band-aid off right now for the fans that want him to come back yeah I mean it, contrast that with the way that they talked about Orlando Brown which again priority one and I get it you know that 
it seems like, yeah, that contract is getting done. We're going to do everything in our power to make sure that he stays and that con, you know, we're keeping that guy. And then when talking about Tyron Matthew, it's, you know, we, we don't have a ton of cap. You know, we, we got some contracts. We got some guys that we've got to take care of. You know, it, it, it's some of the, it's not, not excuses by any means because they are valid reasons, but like it, it's a lot more timid and tepid of a reaction than, you know, with Orlando Brown Jr. So, I mean, it's not to say that he's not a priority, but I just don't know, again, that it's as much of a priority as maybe we all thought it was going to be as recently yeah. as middle of this year, maybe. And yeah. it's it's unfortunate. It, it really it's is. It's almost as if that they don't know in this moment in time they want to make other sacrifices to make sure that Tyron Matthew comes back. Because yeah. if you bring back anybody, you're going to make, make sacrifices. Part of making Orlando Brown priority number one might be the sacrifices not getting to make Tyron Matthew the first guy you pay. Or maybe you don't have all the same freedom and money to bring him back. They're okay with that. To bring back Tyron Matthew, it's almost as if, I think that Craig said, it's not excuses because they are valid reasons, but they're part of the sacrifice. They're part of your pro-con list. It almost seems as if the Chiefs are less sure, less certain that they are okay with the con list that comes with bringing back or paying Tyron Matthew. That's nothing to do with as a player. It's just financially and you know his age and all that stuff. It just seems like that con list isn't something they're ready to lock into right now. Yeah, and it's that's going to be such a fascinating. I think this is one of the big storylines that makes this 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 offseason so interesting to me. Is you know like they. They're, they're having to make a very tough choice with a pivotal part of changing the landscape of Kansas City football. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the Chiefs won a Super Bowl largely because of what Tyron Matthew brought to the table. Like, this is kind of what we kind of alluded to the last couple of days when we've been talking, just how interesting of an offseason this is going to be. And I think it's at the core of that because, like, what, the, what decisions made there really alters the rest of this football team's kind of, you know, construction. Yeah. And – and it's a big domino uh, that, that could potentially fall, and, and it could fall either way. And so, like, I think that's part very interesting. I did think that the comments that Brett Veach made about cap space kind of rang hollow because, like, there's very obviously some moves that are going to happen. I mean, I, 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 Frank Clark will not play for the number that he is, that he is scheduled to get in 2022. It's not going to happen. There, I, you know, there was some comments on restructuring and yada, yada, yada. I think, I, I think it's more likely that they cut him. Anthony Hitchens, same thing. I think it's more likely they cut him. That can free up a lot of cap space, and then you're looking at you know changing a lot of a lot of turnover um, over you know over the you know over the defensive side of the football. There there did seem to be a prioritization on the defense over uh, over pass catchers over offensive weapons too. That was something, and and maybe that's kind of alluding to what we're talking about here. Is like they're looking to really kind of address the defensive side of the football. They're looking to make a kind of a, a turnover a turnover on the defensive side of the football. You wonder if that is the case. So there's a lot of emphasis, not just on the defensive side of the football, but specifically the defensive line. The defensive line came up at two different occasions during this. So like the defensive line is an area that Brett Veach brought up on two different incidents. And it's always prioritized he always as has, a chief. Mm-hmm. He always has. The both sides of the trenches have always been a priority of this chief team. Like that's the biggest priority. That is what they are after. Yeah. And he brought it up again twice. So it's just interesting to see them. They're definitely focusing on the defensive side of the ball. And the emphasis is definitely on defensive line from that point in time. And so I would not 
be surprised to see some of the early moves that the Chiefs are going to make early moves or something like that once Regency starts. We're a long way to go, but it seems like that would be where you should place the safe money on where the Chiefs' first couple moves or the rumors might start coming from. Yeah, and you know, one of the things that he said about the defensive line was that decisions were going to have to be made, which makes sense. You've got Frank Clark with a high cap number. You've got Derek Nottie, Jaron Reed, and Melvin Ingram all out of contract. Like, those are four guys that play a lot of snaps for this team and are very important pieces to what that defensive line is. So, yeah, it makes sense that your focus would be on the defensive line when you're probably going to not be able to retain all of those guys. I mean, we'll talk about Melvin Ingram here a little bit. It, it was brought up, and you know, Brett Veach was very effusive in his praise of Melvin Ingram, but also mentioned Melvin's probably going to want to take some time and sort out the process. So, I mean, not that the Chiefs are not interested in bringing him back, but I think that should tell you maybe don't expect something right now, you know, with Melvin Ingram. With he, anybody. He, I mean, he was yeah. pretty slow on the process last year. Things turned out okay for him. Yeah, he – he, they, he worked out. I'm yeah. not sure. Like, when did he sign with the Steelers? It was pretty well, late, It was right? in the summer. Yeah. I mean, it was, yeah. So, he's probably not going to go through OTAs is what that probably says. <laughs> no chance. Like, then that's fine. Yeah. Like, it's very clearly worked for him. Yeah. This is something that's, you know, that's gone well for him, you know, as, as far as how he's, you know, he played great this year. Yeah, he did. He was a, he's a great addition. Anything else interesting from the Brett Fries Beach Conference? Uh, press conference for you guys yeah I mean we haven't gone there yet so I think you have to we talk about the guys that they're going to be losing on the defensive line we're talking about them emphasizing the defensive side of the ball there's another position group they're missing some guys from on the defensive side of the ball for this the cornerback or even the defensive back room as a whole yeah Charvarius Ward's going to be a free agent Brett Veach talked about him and I, I didn't get a huge feeling one way or the other did you guys get a huge feeling I mean, one way or the other just wanna, we're going to have those conversations with him He's I think okay. I think I think Charvarius Ward's testing the market is what that says to and me. And he should. And he should. So yeah, if you're if you're tiering it like the Orlando Brown confidence level of being done, super high. The Tyron Matthew confidence level of coming back, not very high, pretty low. Mm -hmm. Charvarius Ward probably falls right in the middle. Like I didn't get a huge read one way or the other. Yeah. I didn't think there was yeah, it just wasn't the same as either one of them. It was kind of in the middle, but then you're gonna be losing, you know, Tyron Matthew's a free agent, Dan Sorensen's a free agent, Mike Hughes, DeAndre Baker. I don't they, do they have DeAndre Baker, they technically have rights on, on Mike Hughes. They don't. Yeah, and so there's a lot of open space there. And then we kind of get into the whole point of where Brett Beach is emphasizing. He said it numerous times. There's a lot of emphasis that goes in a defensive line for Brett Beach. He keeps saying it. His history says it. There's not, there has not been in the past as much emphasis on corner. I don't know if this is the year it changes, but that room's a I mean, it's a they free, need it to change. They do, and it's because it's a bare cupboard right now. They don't have a lot of guys in that room, and even when talking about corners, it just seems like they have. He's made it very clear during this presser: trenches, trenches, defensive line, offensive line. Like it, it came up numerous times. So it's just interesting to see him still emphasize that when the defensive or the cornerback room is just as light as the defensive line room is right now. I mean, it's, it's just a very clear priority for Andy Reid for Brett Veach, and I mean. A lot of it's teams. Worked. Yeah. A lot of teams. It's yeah. not. It's not just the Chiefs that do this. But yeah, you you do look at that when he was asked about the cornerback room. He kind of, as he was getting through some of his points, he did make sure to bring up, you know, offensive line and defensive line are a priority to us when talking about the cornerbacks as yeah. a part of the response. So I mean, it is very obviously, you know, behind those as far as you know a priority for oh, this team. And and that's fine. I mean, it really is. It makes How's sense. It makes absolute sense. Protect your quarterback, keep him upright, get after the passer. I mean, it, it makes perfect sense why you would allocate assets to those positions groups. It's just that they also need to add some just bodies. They, they need 
literal bodies in those positions yeah. if they decide to. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Let all those guys walk. Well, and like he, he cited like a misconception and like, I mean, the Chiefs haven't spent more than $5 million on one cornerback on an APY deal uh, in the Brett Veach era. And the highest pick at cornerback was LeJarius Sneed at the end of the fourth round. And that may not change this year. I mean, and the free may, agent class is not great. No, and I don't, I, don't, I don't think anybody's clamoring for him to go out and spend uh, a ton of money on a corner that's not worth it. I don't right. think that's prudent. But, right. I mean, the draft capital, like there's, there's been instances and opportunities, I think, for them to, to, to address corner differently, and they haven't. But that's I – mean, look – you know, they've, they've, they prioritize other positions. Mm-hmm. What I found really interesting, though, when talking about Tyron Matthew and when talking about the cornerback group, and it was kind of at the end of the cornerback stuff, but it came up twice and it was then, was an emphasis on how tight the cap situation is. He said that, you know, you can't go get a young, good corner from right now in free agency when you don't have a lot of cap space. Right. Well, when talking about Orlando Brown, there seemed to be plenty of cap space right. to be going around. Like, yeah. I'm not saying he said it would be easy, but with Orlando Brown, there wasn't the same feeling of, ah, uh, we might not have the money like it was with Tyron right. and Char- or not Charvarius Ward, but a young, good corner. So I think that leans into the fact that for this team, it seems like for the cornerback position, stuff has to fall just right. It has to be the right range of the draft. It has to be this perfect fit. It has to be the right, you know, price and agency, which isn't a bad process. And maybe that's a little bit of specs too. And it, it, no, I'm sure it's his, his defense has always been built through the trenches back, which is – I don't want to say an outdated way, but it's definitely was more popular in the 90s and yeah. early 2000s than it is with the new age Brandon Staley coaches now. So I'm not and I'm not saying it's wrong or anything like that. It's just it seems like the fit for corners is a lot more specific than it is right. for defensive linemen. It seems like the Chiefs go out of their way to make sure they get guys in the trenches, mm-hmm. whereas for corners, it almost seems like they're not expecting guys to fall to them, but they want it to be the exact right fit. And that could go back to how scheme-specific Spags is and stuff like that. And so there's a lot of stuff that goes into it. It's just you listen to Brett Beach talk. It's night and day hearing him talk about the trenches versus defensive backs. There's a big gap in we need this, we're going to make it happen, and 
sure we need help, but I'm not sure it can fit yeah. the way we want it to. Well, I mean, look at the look at the assets that that they've spent. Action I mean, and, speak and not, action speak louder than words, man. I know they traded I mean, two first round draft picks for the trenches. Orlando Brown, Frank Clark. Mm-hmm. They tra- they they made plus, sure. I mean, there's more draft capital. Yeah, those, yeah, absolutely. But I mean, they made sure they went out and got their guy. Mm-hmm. Chris is paid. Tooney's paid. Yeah, absolutely. They, I mean, they drafted Creed Humphrey. They, I mean, like extended they, Chris Jones. They, I, it's and it's the way to do it. I mean, I don't disagree no with one. the way to do it. I don't regret any of those moves. I really don't. There's so, just there's a cost benefit for how you build is. a roster, yep. and the Chiefs have built it one way. Uh, and we'll see. I, I'm like that's what this. I'm curious. Just, I'm curious. That's what's so interesting yeah, about this offseason is yeah. because like it does feel like this is a chance for them to to potentially shift prioritizations. Absolutely. And if they are shifting prioritizations, it gets back to some of the bags conversations. Yeah. Like well, that's why this is going to be such a fun offseason yeah. is because we're going to get to see some shifts potentially in like some, how they've approached things in the last four years. Yeah. Uh, are they adjusting to the game a little bit differently than they did three years ago within what they prioritized then? I'm it, that's, what's so interesting. How adaptable, how malleable are they away from what they have done historically? Well, and th- I mean, that's part of this is going to be interesting. We don't, you know, we need to get to talk about draft a little bit, right? So we're going to move there. But if you are going to lose Tyron Matthew, if you're going to lose this guy that makes so many guys right and is so important for this system, can you afford to continue to wait for the perfect fits of the perfect value at cornerback? Or do you need to start forcing it a little bit more like you have with the trenches? Or they clearly it, force the trenches. Well, or is this the year that they go and use their draft capital to go acquire a the veteran cornerback? Right, yeah. no, that's what I'm saying. But like, if you're going to adjust, if you're going to continue to do this, we need the perfect fit with the right value at corner, which is fine. I don't know if you can also let a guy like Tyron Matthew, who makes all these guys that are you know fringe starting level players work. I don't think you can take him away and continue with the same tactics at corner you have to start making guys fit in there i don't mean putting square pegs into round holes i just mean spend money spend draft capital you can't keep sitting back and letting stuff come to you if you're also going to take away the guy that makes the entire secondary move one other one other comment really quick i don't like how i want to say passive beach was about addressing the weapons on this offense oh no that listen i read that part of it and i went Oh, this feels exactly like the Eric Fitcher and Mitchell Schwartz conversation that he had in this exact same presser last year, where it was just kind of like, yeah, we're going to do that knowing full well that they were relying on out of house. They were going to move on from those guys and everything like that. There's too much smoke. I, Every receiver under the sun seems to be interested in joining <laughs> I, the Chiefs yeah. or is linked to the Chiefs, or I just it does feel like it, and I hope that's the tried, case. They tried to add, so I, I know. I, I just yeah. you never like it's the whole one percent better comment. Like we'll see. Yeah. I, I I I think you know I would if they could if they could diversify the like they've got short term and long term issues at the pass catcher because Travis Kelsey's not getting older and he mm-hmm. makes you forget how how you know, beat up and aged he is. Tyree Kill's contract's done after this year. And McCole Hartman's contract's done after this year. Byron Pringle's a unrestricted free agent. Marcus Robinson, unrestricted free agent. Like, this group needs an influx of young weapons, short-term weapons to help, you know, give themselves a better shot. Uh, Maybe, 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 you know... Did we talk about Odell on this show at all? I can't, you know, I can't remember if we did, but, like, you know... Hey, is he still playing football right now? Yeah, he is. Yeah. 
Yeah. You probably no, would they, still be playing football regardless. They, I think they, that was uh, one of you guys yeah, said that. I don't know if you said it on the show or not. Whoever Odell Beckham Jr. signed with was playing in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Probably winning it. If he Packers. goes to the Packers, they're not losing to the 49ers because there's you would assume that Rodgers is going to trust him by the time you get to that point, and that gives them somebody else that can actually yeah. get open and catch the ball. I don't think the Chiefs lose if they have one more guy that can get open. Yep. And clearly the Rams are there. Odell yeah. Beckham Jr. was literally a team signing a ticket to the Super Bowl. That's how it worked out. And yeah. probably potentially a win. Literally, he was a ticket to a team winning the Super Bowl this year when you look at kind of some of the best teams that are out there. Now, maybe the Bengals make me eat my words and they go out and win, and that's not the case, but I think there's a good chance there. Yeah. All right, now, as Kent Big Size, I think we got to transition out yeah, of here. Yeah, we got to talk some draft before we get out of here. Hey, yeah. you know what? You're speaking of draft. That makes me think of beer. Uh, you know who has beer? Our good friends at Macadoodles coming to Kansas City to Lee's Summit, Missouri, summer of this year year 2022 you've heard me talk about it so much i've got i've broken down why they have the best selection why they have the best customer service and why they have the best prices so you don't need to hear me belabor all those points anymore but i am going to keep telling you we need more because as soon as you guys get a taste a little taste of macadoodles you're gonna need it everywhere so if you're a franchisee get a hold of roger Info at macadoodles.com. Let's get more of these to Kansas City and get hyped about the fact that you got one coming to Casey. I can't wait to see all the pictures. Can't wait to have my DMs, the Discord, everything just flooded with pictures of people going to Macadoodles and loving it. So get more up there now. Yeah, we, it's been fun to get pictures yeah, uh, love that from part. people even down there. Uh, we are here at the East-West Shrine Bowl. It's been so much fun. Uh, what Eric Galco in this in this group have done is incredible. It's amazing access. We can't wait to show you all oh, the stuff awesome. that we've been doing here uh, because we've got a lot of really, really cool stuff. For instance, this is one of the backdrops for interviews with some of the prospects that we had a chance to talk to this week, and we, we talked to We tons. have been in a speakeasy for the past three days to ourselves. To ourselves. Speakeasy or igloo? I mean, it is a little chilly, but, I, you know. It's 50, it, this doesn't work for everybody not here. It's 56 degrees in this room. <laughs> 56 degrees no matter what gets done. It's really cold. I guess that's the trade-off to have a private speakeasy club. To, in a casino. In a casino. In to sit down and talk with some draft prospects. It's been incredible. Yes. And uh, cannot tell you how much we appreciate what Eric Galco and his team have done for us, giving us this kind of unprecedented access and, uh, yeah, we've got a lot of really good football players here. Genuinely, I'm not just saying this. This is one of the best Shrine Bowl groups I'll probably ever. Mm-hmm. Who's uh, one of your favorites? Uh, well, I mean, every tight end, honestly, uh, yeah. on this roster. I mean, when one of the guys that we just got done talking to, uh, Armani Rogers, tight end out of Ohio, didn't play tight end until, like, this week. This is his first week here, and he has been turning a ton of heads. Uh, he has been... Um, you know, he's been the talk. He's been one of the bigger, one of the, one of the, one of the, one of the talks of this entire process is a guy that, you know, hasn't really developed or learned, um, really much about the position and has just turned into like, I mean, he's, he's looked like at times the best tight end here. I mean, yeah, he, you would not be able to tell that this man was just playing tight end for the first time this week. He, he moves differently. I think he, even speculated that he might run as fast as a 4-4. Yeah, he's, he's thinking 4-4s, four 4-5s. Four four yeah, a really fast guy. 6-6. Six, 6-6. Six, six, 250. Yeah, 
he's going to absolutely wow some guys. Andy Reid has just, you know, he loves these tight ends that have played quarterback. This is one that literally played quarterback. Armani Rodgers might be taking the snaps that Blake Bell did last Absolutely. year. <laughs> you know, I mean, literally the literal snaps. Yeah, the literal snaps. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just been fun to watch him because, yeah, he's out here watching these guys. I hadn't had a chance to watch him beforehand or really hear his story. Got out here and I'm watching him. I was like, man, that kid looks good. And somebody went, yeah, this is the first time he's playing tight end. Whoa, it was impressive to watch him out there this week. We can talk briefly about another tight end uh, guy I'm impressed by, Jelani Woods, tight end from Virginia. Another and former quarterback. Another <laughs> former quarterback. However, I, I guess the size is kind of similar because I because uh, they're both you know six six. Jelani Woods is like six seven, two hundred and seventy five pounds. He's massive. You wouldn't know that when you watch him play. Like you get him running downfield, streaking down the seam like a very traditional tight end would be. He looks really good. He looks really clean running down the seam, running a vendor route over the middle of the field. He's six foot seven, got the arms to match 270, 280 pounds. That's called a red zone threat, Kent. That's called a guy that catches footballs in the red zone. And when you can also stretch the field down the seams, that's a fun, that's a fun prospect to get some eyes on. And I hadn't really seen much of him until we got down here. Guys that big don't move like he does. So that, that was the tight end that really caught my eye. Uh, somebody that, you know, I wanted to give a little shout out here because I, I thought he's been super impressive this week too. Yeah, and there's there's tons and tons of tight ends that you could probably. This class is Chigo Okonkwo. I mean, there's another guy. The local kid, Garrett Prince Garrett out of Prince, UAB. Garrett Prince, one of the fastest guys here. We've got the tracking data. The Shrine Bowl has provided us with the tracking data. He's one of the fastest guys on the field this week. Guy that's you know playing tight end, it, it's it's really awesome to watch all these guys. Yeah, I think the fastest guy that w- that played this week was Kyle Phillips, the wide receiver out of UCLA, uh, and and he it wasn't just the speed. <clears throat> Sorry, it wasn't just the speed. It was it, it was everything. He had one of the most complete weeks of anybody here. I, he might have been the best player uh, in this entire process. He, he was consistently winning from Jump Street. Uh, no one could guard him. And he showed some vertical speed, which is one of the things he kind of talked to me about a little bit earlier. That was something he really wanted to focus on. So, for my money, yes, he's been the best guy here. I think I, I called him 7-Eleven at one point in time, which is an old retired joke for any football person ever. But he's always open when they're doing stuff. If they're going full speed, he's going to be open. The only time he's ever covered is when he's running a speed out and the DB just, you know, sells out to go to the sideline. Always open. We also have another joke, you know. And he said it himself when I talked to him, you know, he said, yeah, it's kind of a stereotype. You know, I take a little bit of my games kind of modeled after Hunter Renfro and Cole Beasley because he's, you know, a slot receiver, a little bit smaller, quicker guy, stuff like that. But the big part of me that I think is just like so impressive is he is an athlete. He is mm-hmm. such, he's so athletic. And the parts of those guys' games that he uses translates because he also watches guys like Keenan Allen and Devontae Adams for specific reasons, not just to watch them. Devontae Adams releases. Keenan Allen at the top of his route stems and his breaks, and yeah. he was talking specifically about why he liked them. So there's a d- attention to detail. Uh, has anybody else hit the ground more than him this weekend just oh, trying no. to make plays? Just no. He's beat up. Like, you could see, like, he's got just oh, he's got marks he's all got over his body. Burns all over Making yeah. catches, diving on turf at UNLV, at 
you know, Patrick Mahomes second home over here at the Raiders Stadium. He's diving on the turf nonstop making plays in practices at yeah. the Shrine Bowl when he's clearly already impressing guys. He could easy, easily go out there at 50% and nobody would think anything of it this final day of practice. He hit the ground like four straight one-on-one reps trying yep. to make sure he caught, uh, you know, not great thrown ball. So yeah. for my money, he's the first guy off the board from this draft class if I were to guess right now. Yeah, I mean, and more of a traditional slot receiver. I mean, you, you're going to line him up in the slot. You're going to ask him to win. And typically when we get into these all-star games, those types of guys, you see them, you know, they, they win on one-on-ones on some of these six or seven second it rounds. Takes five, yeah. Mm, 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 Quarterback's you know, been sacked yeah, twice by the time yeah, you actually exactly. get out of Somebody clip that. Oh, yes. <laughs> Please, I need the gift. Damn it. Anyway, I, you know, we, we see these guys all the time and, you know, they make the highlight reels and everything like that. Everybody clips up the blazer. Like, wow, what a great route runner. Phillips is not that. Phillips is, you know, giving these little, you know, subtle head jabs, things like that, shoulder dips and stuff, and he's got these DBs on skates. They are terrified of him, and he's just wide open. And it's it's listening to him talk about everything that he's pulling from these guys and listening to him, you know, work on elements of his game by taking those specific things and describing exactly how they translate and then watching him Line up guys on the field. Like when he's split out wide in the slot, he's out there helping the X get lined up, helping the, like really smart kid, really athletic. And it's just, he, we see guys like this come to all-star games all the time. You have one great day like that. And now they're hurt and they're done because they don't want to hurt their draft stock. It's not a bad thing by any means. You want to protect yourself. He is throwing himself around. So it's a, He's, he's definitely earned, like, the big stamp of approval from all of us yeah. this week. Great interview, too. All right, yeah. Craig, real quick before we get out of here, just one guy that you loved watching this week. Oh, Marquan McCall. <laughs> I knew it was coming. Listen, I could do four entire podcasts about all the things that I love about nose tackle Marquan McCall. And those are all after the play. Those aren't even about the actual oh, yeah, play. No, it's no, just no. four things we love after, after the, play. the play. I mean, he, he's from Kentucky. He weighs 379 pounds. He is a massive human being, and he wins with bull rushes. We've seen him have a little bit of dip, have a little bit of penetrative ability. He holds up really well against double teams, as you would expect of a man that size. And he just carries himself with the confidence that I I absolutely love this man. This man is out here punking these offensive linemen and letting them know he is all chirp. He's out here too small in guys. You can he hear from it. across the field, and like, all the time. He's the guy that is always just yelling. Always. He, he's, dan- he's doing the gritty across the field. Like, he is so fun to watch, and the play has matched up with it. And, I mean, Chiefs are going to need defensive yeah, linemen right. here. I mean, he, he's a guy that would make some sense a little bit later in the draft that has, has really turned some heads here. I mean, he's been pretty good. 370-pound guy, that, that's hard to stop. It doesn't matter who you are. That's a lot of man to stop. And when he beats you and then still has the energy to tell you about it all the way back to the line of scrimmage into the next play, then he flat backs you, crawls over you, stands up, hits you with the too small, and you're a 300-plus pound man, and he told you you're too small, and then does it again and again and again. 
that you know that that's a big gut check for Maddie, any interior Maddie, offensive Maddie, you asked him why why he did the too small of that guy. Why why did he do that? He told me he had to let him know that he was too <laughs> darn small. He just had to let him know because you know flat backing him and crawling over him wasn't enough. No, he had to get up and let him know that he was too small. The funny thing about that is, uh, with all this, he's also the guy that broke up a, a near fight yeah. that was going on. That actually kind of happened between Big uh, Bearcat Bryant, Big Cat or Bryant, Big Cat Bryant, yeah. and uh, and basically both Virginia Tech offensive linemen that were here. We're so, pumped. Yeah, and, and yeah. so McCall, <laughs> McCall broke it all up. It was just funny. It's just like, all that, and then he's doing that too. No. But uh, the Shrine Bowl has been unbelievable. It's been so much fun. I cannot tell you how how great of an experience this has been for us here at KCSN. Uh, we can't wait to do this every year uh, because uh, Vegas over Veets is all I got to say. That is going to do it for the KC Laboratory. Thank you so much for watching, listening, and we'll catch you later. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.